hello, everybody. Welcome back. And thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Talking Each Other Home. This is a podcast where we talk openly and authentically about all things spirit stuff. And my goal and intention with this podcast is to tell stories about my journey and interview people that are medicine for me in hopes that it will enlighten and empower my journey and your journey as we walk and talk each other home. And so I am your host, Danny, and joining me today, I have one of my dearest friends, uh, my soul sister, Janet Lynn, joining us. And, you know, she's a yoga teacher. I actually consider her a yoga mentor of mine. And we, we do talk a lot about yoga today. Um, but maybe not in the traditional sense. So if you're curious about yoga at all, this would be a cool podcast for you to listen to. Um, really just people going, this is just us going back and forth about what we think about yoga, how it's transformed, what it is, the magic of it, and how we like to teach and what our journey has been like along the way. Uh, we also talk about doubt and we have some very real conversation about how doubt comes up as we're creating certain things in life and in business and about the different seasons that we take in life. And so Janet just made a big move from Phoenix, Arizona, coming all the way to Seattle and what that's been like, kind of having a big life change, adopting two new puppies. They're so cute, Ray and Luna. And um, what it's been like settling in, getting grounded into a place where she grew up. So there's lots of like, you know, inner child stuff going on there. She's close to her family and she's also getting back into teaching yoga in a new community, in a new setting. What does that look like? What does that feel like? How is yoga over there? So really lots of newness happening and how, um, yeah, she's starting to kind of get back into her groove and get grounded and find herself in serving her tribe again. So it's this, I gotta say, before we get into, um, the actual episode, this podcast was such medicine for me. And I think this is why I get so excited about talking to the people that I get to talk to. Um, cause I'm launching my spirituality mastermind coming up really soon. And there's all different kinds of feelings and emotions going on with that right now for me. Um, and so this podcast had a lot of good things that I really needed to hear. And maybe you need to hear too, because that's kind of the way energy works, but, um, helped me with expectation, with doubt, with creating something that I actually want to be in. Like really you guys, this, this course, this mastermind, this journey that I'm creating is something that I wish was out there in the world. So I'm not only excited to be a leader of this thing, but I can't wait to be in it. <laughs> so, and we talk about how well that worked out with the way that I teach yoga and how, you know, when it really started to take off for me was when I started to teach the classes that I wanted to be in and that were really me. So anyway, you'll, you'll learn all about that in this episode, but, um, I think that's all I have to say right now. Enjoy the episode. Thank you, Janet. Thank you to all of my listeners out there for your support, your energy, your time, your likes, your subscriptions, your donations, all the things. Thank you so much and uh, enjoy the show. Boom. Just like that. What's up, Janet? Welcome to the show. Hi, Danny. I'm so glad to be here. Glad to be back. Yay. Me too. Oh, this is so good. And we were just having such a good conversation before we even press record. So I'm excited to kind of jump back into that. Um, yeah. And I guess, you know, this is kind of like new year energy coming. We're still in winter time, but we're making our way to spring. And I feel like my energy and we were just talking about your energy too. We're getting back into our 
businesses and we'll work on re I have business in quotes for people who are listening. So we're going to work on maybe reframing business or talking about it in a different way. Um, yeah. but I just want to talk a little bit about what it's been like kind of coming out of hibernation and I have, you know, I can share my stuff too. Um, but now you're getting back into your yoga and you're a yoga teacher, yoga, everything you're my yoga mentor, somebody I really look up to. And if I ever have a question about yoga, you are the person I come to. There's really, there's really nobody else. Um, oh, thank so, you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I, and I truly mean that. Um, and so, so coming back to life, what's going on? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a long winter. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but I don't know if everybody knows, but I recently like moved from Phoenix back up to Washington state. Um, I grew up here but purposely have not lived here for a very long time. Um, and I came in August and, you know, it was really great weather and the sun was out and the water is here. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then it switched into winter and I was like, oh, that's right. So the sun comes up at like eight o'clock in the morning, like literally it's dark. And I usually get up at four and I'm like, what do I do for four hours? Like it's such a different like shift. So coming out of winter is like kind of a funny thing for me because I feel like I am so deep in winter or out of like, you know, like the season and the dark like that. Oh, man. <laughs> and then it gets dark at four. Yeah. So we're on a hike and I'm like, but what do I do with the rest of my day? Like, go home because it's dark and it's only five o'clock. So it's really been like a lifestyle switch above and beyond, you know, just new people and new places and new place to live and all of these things, but very much a lifestyle switch. So the business thing took a while to get things back going again, you know, as far as like, what, who am I? What do I do actually? Cause in Phoenix, you know, get up at four and I'd work out and I would like help people get to that motivation. And, you know, I do yoga at night or like go for a hike at the sunset and then go home and, you know, have my mushrooms and go to bed. And like, it was a whole day of lifestyle stuff. And here I'm like, man, I can't even get out of bed before six or even seven sometimes. And I'm like kind of beating myself up a little bit. And I'm like, what do I say to people? And so it's really been cool because it's been eye-opening. <clears throat> and I think like, you know, when we share our experiences with people, we, we, and by no fault, but we really only have one point of view and that's ours. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we kind of help people through things, but there's only one way to do it. And that's through our own experience. And I think it was a little bit, um, kind of sheltered risk, the right word. Oh, and then I adopted two puppies and all of that. So not only like 10 week old puppies. <laughs> so two. not only am I trying to <laughs> kind of just went whirlwind. So yes, like in the last month, I've been like, okay, they're old enough now that I can leave them for a little bit and go to a yoga class or get back online and talk to people and really start to understand <clears throat> shifting into like this new lifestyle. And once again, putting me first as opposed to, you know, behind two very needy puppies. <laughs> so I didn't have a baby, but I had two puppies. So I guess, you know, like just life changes. And I was, you know, spent a lot of time beating myself up because it wasn't doing mm. what I had been doing. And I wasn't, you know, pushing as hard, but it just wasn't as easy. Um, and I didn't want to say pushing as hard because it kind of just worked in Phoenix. Um, and coming here, it's been great to be close to family, which is why I moved. But it's been really hard on myself mm. and compassion has been hard to come by. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh yeah, there's that. 
Right. Cause you're so used to doing something a certain way and like getting up at a certain time and being able to get all of these things in on your day. And I can understand how that might make you feel a little, but it's just seasons, right? It's like seasons of life. So maybe yeah. this, like, I think all of that, cause I think it's in your nature to be busy and work really hard and have your hands on all these different things. So maybe it's just a recalibration, like of geography yeah. of everything. And, you know, now it's starting to sort of like come back. And I, how is, you know, the Pacific Northwest is somewhere that I've always wanted to visit really because yes. the forest and it's all enchanted. What's it like out there with the trees and the everything? Like how is, and that's just my, that's my romanticism thing. about. Oh, you know, <clears throat> it was awesome and it was beautiful and the fall colors, which I hadn't seen in Phoenix and forever, right? Like we actually had seasons mm. and like the crispness in the air and I was in love and I was like, why did I ever leave here? But then the rain came and the wind came and like, it's mud. And some people like that mud. I am not like that kind of like takes your shoes, like, like that really gross, dense <laughs> mud. I don't mind dirty, but like, I can't get over the mud. <laughs> and now I have two puppies. So mud is everywhere in my house. <laughs> but yeah, it's you know, we take them to the park and it's really pretty, the trees and all the things and we go places. But I guess growing up here, I love big open skies mm -hmm. and trees are cool. And I like, I think trees are fascinating because of how they connect to underground. But above ground, I'm like, it's another tall green thing with bark. <laughs> like, I'm just, where's the sky? <laughs> So I've really had to like do some proper hiking to get to the mountains and to have the view and all of that, which I don't know, man, the mud. I just can't get past the mud. <laughs> Can I have some sand, please? Give me the beach. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, there is beach over there, right? As compared to- It exists. Arizona. Okay. Yeah, it exists. Definitely compared to Arizona. We um, So Washington State is kind of like this inlet of, um, it's not like coastal beach. Mm. You know, so we do have salt water and most of our beaches are very rocky and like there's not waves okay. only when the ferries go by. Um, but, you know, it's a three hour drive to the coast. So mm. it's not the worst thing ever. Like it exists. And there is some sandy spots, <laughs> but it's raining. So. <laughs> so I'm like clear across the side of the United States from you. I'm yeah. God, you're Seattle. So we're both like Northeast, Northwest. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm, ha I'm dealing with the same thing. It's dark 435, you know, the mm -hmm. sun, I mean, I don't, I probably get up around 637 anyway, so that I don't notice that one as much. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do find that I'm like, wow, it's five o'clock. What do I do with the rest of my night? And we've already had dinner and I'm just like, I don't know do I snack? <laughs> like, yeah. But now that I'm getting back into my business, now I'm using that dark time as like almost work time. So mm. sometimes it can help me be more productive. It's, it's one or the other. Yeah. It's either like, I'm really lazy and it feels like midnight or I'm like productive until nine o'clock. And I don't even know what time it is. Yeah. Um, so. I kind of feel like that time is when my family wakes up. Like the dogs have eaten, we have eaten and everyone's like loud and busy. And the dogs are barking and they want to play and they want to do all the things, but I can't take them outside because like all the parks are closed. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think I need to start going to the gym or like getting out of the house more. And, you know, my partner usually gets home from work about that time. And so it's like, I kind of want to be with him, but then at the same time, I don't know, it's, 
we're working through it. Seasons were, I don't want to rush time, but it will be nice when it's lighter later. <laughs> Looking forward to that again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. In seasons yeah. of life. So now, you know, I know you just started a yoga challenge. So tell me about the yoga challenge. Yeah. yeah so I, um, in my move, I haven't been teaching a lot. And in fact, it was, I got one, um, just a little class at a studio nearby. And, um, but as you know, teaching was my life. Like that's how I survived was by teaching. So it's been a very weird space of like, and, and the yoga appears very different. Um, people call poses different things. Um, some are similar, some are totally not similar whatsoever. And I've been struggling with that because here I jump in a sub and I say a pose and everyone does something different. And I'm like, like, uh, okay. Like, how do I, you know, cue something that somebody's in a whole different alignment. Everything is different. Mm. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) being a very traditional yogi. And, and taught like a really tight lineage. In fact, I read this thing, um, I'll sidetrack just quickly, but you know, it's like how many degrees of separation do you have from like yoga, from like the gurus that created yoga. Mm-hmm. And I'm so incredible grateful that I have three degrees separation. Like my teachers work with, you know, the people that are still there doing mm-hmm. all the things. And so a really tight lineage is what I'm saying. And so sometimes people do some like their own things. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like nails on a chalkboard, but just kind of breathing. And again, that compassion thing, like working through that. Anyways, that to say, so I haven't been teaching a lot. I've been teaching Yin at one studio, which has been a great opportunity. Um, get my foot in the door, meet people. Mm. And I've been practicing there too, um, which is what I love about teaching yoga is that I don't have to like. I get to practice at the studio too. It just kind of helps out a little bit. (laughs) So I started like thinking, like racking my brain. Like I can't, I'm struggling to get, um, you know, opportunities. I didn't really know where I was staying, if I was staying in this city or if I was moving to a different city and kind of everything's been in the air. And, um, and so I had this idea to recreate years ago. um, I think it was in 2020 or 2021. I had created the yoga challenge. Um, It was more nutrition focused. But I thought, you know what, I need to teach more. Mm-hmm. And the only way that's going to happen is if I actually just start teaching. Like if someone's listening, great. If they're not, great. So I actually created the challenge for me <laughs> to rock up and teach 21 classes back on Zoom. <laughs> so here we are. Um, and I can't even tell in my own teachings. I was like, oh, yeah, I do know how to do this. And it's kind of coming back. The first one's a little bit iffy. So apologize if you're in the challenge. You're like, what did she even say? I don't know. But we made it through together. <laughs> they won for everybody. That's how it works. <laughs> right? Everything new is always hard in the beginning. Mm. So I have a 21-day yoga challenge. Yes. And um, it's a community that's really awesome. Everyone in there is like super, um, you know, participating and it's body and mind. So I didn't do the nutrition piece this time because I just found that to be way too overwhelming. Um, but we, we will bring in nutrition a little bit later, just as a fun challenge. But right now it's really about like finding gratitude. This last week was gratitude. And then we're moving into the play aspect, um, of life. So a lot of body, but a lot of mind as well. And kind of just bringing that together. Um, and it's an ongoing challenge. So it's not a start stop thing, right? Like if you want to jump in it today, it's open to jump in today. We your day one. And then we kind of just go. So I'm really excited about like the community just building. Um, 
and just being this really awesome place. Every Wednesday, I hold live classes on Zoom. So I think that's really cool as well, because you don't see that in a lot of challenges. You know, it's kind of like, here's your challenge, good luck. And that's often the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I often don't complete them when I do them. Yeah. Like, uh, no one's really noticing if I'm showing up or not, you know, and it's kind of for yourself. Uh, but doing live classes on Wednesday, then at least bare minimum, you know, you can show up for that and participate in that. So mm. um, it's super fun. And I get to teach again, which is, you know, my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, that's your jam. So, and is it yeah. how is it power? Is it yin? Is it a mix of all of them kind of? It's a little mix of all of them. Um, so most of these are movement classes just to get your body moving. So the challenge is, you know, like 21 days to show up on your mat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you've seen yoga uh, challenges in the back where you're playing with certain poses or, you know, things like that, but it's literally just to show up on your mat. Cause sometimes that is the hardest part, at least for me, that's the hardest part is to roll out your mat mm. and get on the dang thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> in fact, it's already rolled out. I just can't even seem to like get on it without <laughs> having some sort of like reason to do so. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sitting right there, like next to me, just there <laughs> over here. It's like, get on me. <laughs> it's like, hey, remember me? <laughs> um, so I'm- it's really, yeah, it's just really about getting on your mat and moving your body. Um, there are some, I just recorded again this morning um, for the challenge. So mm-hmm. that is in there. Um, and I think I'm going to, the last one, I don't want to spoil the surprise, but it might be a restorative class, nice and chill and relaxing and like ah, melty. Mm. but we'll see how it comes around cool awesome yeah. okay what do I do I want to there's something I want to comment on but I want to ask a question <laughs> first okay I'll ask a question but then I'll backtrack okay. um so <clears throat> so there's the vinyasa the power stuff and then there's the yin and the restorative stuff so mm-hmm. there's kind of the two sides of yoga what do you gravitate towards these days and why so I might actually say that there's three sides to yoga. Okay. Because there's the the vinyasa and the power stuff. Okay. Yin is its whole separate piece of restorative. Um, And we can talk about how those are incredibly different practices. And they should be because they both serve two totally different purposes. But to answer your question, it's hard. Like I feel like I'm being pulled to yin. And I feel like I'm battling to do more vinyasa because <laughs> I'm like, I want to flow and I want to move and I want the energy, mm. but I can't seem to find the, like the flow that fits really well. Mm. And so there's a lot of hot yoga up here too. And I'm not the biggest fan of hot yoga, <clears throat> definitely not the sequenced, um, which is a whole nother game. Like, I feel like there's so many rabbit holes going off in my mind right now. I'm trying to stay like on your question. Like, where do I go? Um, so <laughs> I'm being like, for my own personal practice, I definitely want more strength and more flow. But as far as teaching and my messaging, it's really on the yin side. And I think that's probably because that's what I need a little bit. But I've done a lot of like, well, I've done a lot of little. <laughs> I haven't really dove into the end. And once I explain it, then it will make more sense. But, you know, like there's that quietness. And especially in winter, where we're kind of starting to like feel a bit antsy that the days are short and we want to get out. We want to do things and find that movement. It gets that yin is really hard, you know, mm. uh, because it is stillness, but it's stillness with tension. 
Mm. And so restoratives, you're like, oh, it's like a nice massage and I can go relax and chill out. But yin is, yin is, man, that's its whole own like beast. <laughs> mm, okay. I could see that. Cause I've, I've been to a yin <clears throat> class and a restorative. And at first I thought they were the same and they're not because yin has its own hardness to it, its own discipline and its own thing. And restorative is like, you lay on child's pose in a, on a bolster and it's like, you're kind of like trying not to fall asleep almost. Um, but mm-hmm. yin, you know, it's so funny. I, I never really did yin. Um, and I probably should do it more now even, but I did it once in the middle of my, you know, when I first figured out vinyasa and first figured out the power yoga <laughs> thing. And then the next day after my yin class, my, my practice, my power practice was freaking so on point. I was like, okay, all right, yin, I'm listening because I was balancing better. I was stronger. Everything was tighter. And at first I was like, not poo-pooing it, but you know, for me, I'm like, I need to, this needs to be hard. It needs to be hot Mm -hmm. and hard. And then I did, you know, and then the next day my practice was phenomenal. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be quiet now about yin. (laughs) Yes, man. I could talk about yin forever. It is like, it is the sweet spot. You know what I mean? Like you have that, like the restorative, which is very soft and very grounding and very nurturing space. And then you have the power, but yin is that sweet spot. It's kind of like, it's what ties the two together, if you will. And I think that's, that's what, I don't know. Like I just kind of thought of it that way, but yeah, yin is the sweet spot and do something with that. Ooh, I love <laughs> that. Um, okay. So, and then my question that I wanted to backtrack to was the lineage of yoga. So this is what I love. I mean, I'm so, <laughs> I love it more than I love the poses. Like, yeah, I would ra- I would rather study the scriptures and learn about the gods and goddesses than I would the poses sometimes. Um, but I see the beauty in both. Yeah. But like talking about the lineage of yoga and how it's almost been like telephoned over the last couple of years. And it's kind of been a little bit skewed in translation and how you said things have been interpreted a little bit differently. I'm just curious your, um, thought on that or what kind of rabbit hole we could go down about the translation of yoga from India to mm-hmm. whatever we've come yeah. up with now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so this has been like, I would say even still, like ever since I've come back to America, like, I don't know, you know, but I don't know if everyone knows. I, I got my, um, kind of all of my yoga isms, everything that I like started kicked off yoga. Like when I lived in South Africa for a few years and ever since I came back to America, I've very much been battling this like traditional yoga versus like the modern side and I don't even say the modern side of yoga but really the western side of yoga and like what we have created it to be and at my most compassionate open yoga self I want to say that like it's important that we do whatever we need to do to get into yoga right Mm -hmm. like gym yoga moving your body I feel like every entry point is a complete valid entry point into your yoga practice that said (laughs) that's on the practitioner side like I do I very firmly believe that on a practitioner side like it doesn't matter why you come to yoga if you want a healthier body if you want more flexibility if you want a calmer mind if you want to lose weight if you want to gain muscle like it doesn't actually matter why if your best friend drug you and you didn't have a choice it doesn't actually matter because you get all of the things anyways, you know, and, and you're on your spot in your journey. 
But if we flip the script on the teacher and people who are, you know, bringing people on their journey, I'm a firm believer that every pot has a lid and every teacher resonates with a student for a purpose. But I also believe that as a teacher, you have a responsibility to understand what you're teaching. Mm. And that's where I get very frustrated. And like my heart breaks a little because people, um, and this is a judgment from my own stance. It's an observation. Let's just remove the word judgment. It's an <laughs> observation that I have created for myself is that we use the word yoga and we slap it on movement. <clears throat> face yoga, you know, like getting our face nice and plump and like moving for sure. Yes, exactly. And I'm in like, it does amazing things, but why does it yoga? Like, why are we using this, this science, this, I don't know, like deep rooted lineage that has helped and healed so many people, including myself to kind of bring people in, you know? And so we end up with these you know, move differently, teach differently, body patterns, you know, doing something off grid. And I think that's an amazing, healthy thing to do. Like I'm not against moving differently, but why putting the two together, it just frustrates me. Um, I think it's important to know why you're teaching what you teach. It is a science, right? Like we don't bake a cake with I don't know. I can't even think like some random thing that it doesn't call for. Like there's a recipe to how it works. And although this recipe has adapted a million times, some people use applesauce to bake cakes and it turns out great. It's been adapted to your needs, but you still have to know what it is that you're baking. Yeah. Right. And so I, I don't know, like, that's the part, like, I think I've said like a million times because I'm so passionate about this. It's not flowing very well. It keeps getting stuck. But I think it's really important. I think as a teacher, you have an obligation to know what you're teaching. And if it doesn't resonate with you, that's cool. Absolutely fine. Teach what does. Be your own teacher. Don't change what you're teaching. But don't use a word like yoga just because you happen to do a warrior pose. Like it just doesn't sit well. There's eight, I had a student come to me. She goes, can I buy a book to learn more about yoga? And I said, yeah, what do you want to know about? She goes, I just want to know. I was like, okay. So there are eight different paths. And she's like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like there is so much to this thing that using a word to slap it onto a pose in which, you know, our feet are going one way and our arms are going the other. It just breaks my heart because there's so much as a teacher, there's so much that you're just missing. Um, but again, everyone has a way in. <laughs> And everyone has the thing, but I, I don't know. It's a tough one. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a tough one. I understand. And yeah. Yeah. So I'm fortunate that my teachers are super tight too. Um, I mean, Pataba Joyce created um, this yoga structure, right? And, and through his lineage, my teachers still go to India and they still go to Mysore and they still practice with, you know, the gurus of yoga. And that's who I get to learn from. So it's, it's deep rooted in my heart and in my genes and in my day-to-day -day life. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of went down a way. <laughs> no. I'm like going to start crying. Please you know, like, <laughs> grab the light on yoga and read it or something, but <laughs> mm. reach out. I can help. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, and I think that's what 
I, well, I, I agree with you. There's something about the lineage and all of the other things about yoga, other than just the movement that makes it really what it is. And there's so much, um, that's still left to be discovered with a lot of teachers, I think. And they just think it's a good workout and that's fine. You know, they're getting the, the yoga magic anyway. That's what I tell people. I'm like, I'm baiting you guys for a good workout, but we're going to listen to chanting. We're going to breathe. We're going to ohm. like, you guys are getting it all. I don't care what you say. Um, but they think they're there for a workout. So I'm like, I'm bait and switching you, but you're going to thank me after. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so- I often, do you ever feel like, I often feel a little bit kind of guilty. It's <laughs> like, I know you think you're just stretching and that's so cute, but let me tell you about your chakras and let me tell you about like, the gunas and let me tell you about all the energy that's moving. Oh, and you're crying. Cause that's cause we're here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, but have a good stretch. Like I often kind of feel like a little bit um, guilty. <laughs> People are getting more than they can. Maybe I'm like shoving it down their throat or something. <laughs> I don't know. I think yeah. that's why I like talk, teaching yin because you can talk so much and you mm. can literally shove information down people's throat and yin because they're just there and still and you're like, but. But what's cool about that is people are only going to get what they hear anyways, whatever they're not listening to, that's just going to roll off. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel sneaky. Yes. I, like, I feel like I'm, I'm big, but I love it so much. And what really, when it changed for me was when I started to teach the class that I wanted to take, mm-hmm. that's when everything changed. And I remember. Remember, I finally got the guts to talk about chakras. And I said, you know what? For the next seven weeks, we're going to move through our chakras because this is what I, I remember want to that. And it was so fun for me and everybody really liked it. And then from there, my classes started to get more full and more full. And then I started to play the music I freaking like and not think about what's too much or too little. Mm. I was like, nope, this is what I listen to on a daily. And if you guys are in my class, you're going to get my energy orchestrated through this. And now like, my classes are full. And I really think it's because I teach the class that I want to be in the music, the lights, the candles, the chanting. I mean, I am just in my element because I'm just swimming in the yoga. I mean, if I class on Ganesha, I wear my Ganesha t-shirt. I'm like, we are all themed out coming in. the (laughs) I might even start bringing, I have a Hanuman idol on the way. I'm going to put him right in front of my mat. Like I'm wearing Hanuman right now. Um, And I talk about them. So it's really started to give me my voice as my, as a yoga teacher, and it makes it really fun. So yeah. I, think I, I mean, not that anyone's asking for my advice, but kind of as a newer ish yoga teacher, I would say teach the class that really resonates with you and the one that you want to be in, because that energy is what's going to transfer to the people in it. And yeah. I, I, I think about that with podcasting too. I interview people and talk to people who are medicine for me. Mm-hmm. that's going to translate the best to the people who are listening versus yeah. thinking about, Oh, what does the world need to hear? I mean, that's great, but it's all, you know, it's all what's medicine for you first. And then, yeah. so like you said, yin is kind of like your, your bread and butter right now, but maybe you, you were saying that you need more yin or something, or that's there for you. So anyway, yeah. just my two cents, I get well, real excited about yoga. No. And I love that because what's funny is that actually ties all the way back to what we started talking about was like business because People don't come to yoga like they do at the start, right? People come to yoga, but then they come to see you. 
and the yoga is kind of the secondary and and if you've been teaching for a little while you start to realize that that people actually come for the teacher and less of the actual practice and but you can't you can't do that you can't give people that if you were being if you're trying to serve them because they don't come for themselves you know what I mean you're trying to please them as a new teacher or even as a podcast if you're like what does my audience want to hear you know you're going to miss half of your audience who's really there to listen to you and be there with you which kind of brings me all the way back to like how we started our business it's like we're creating this business for who for us for us to live in a better place for us to live better for us to live higher and keep growing and learning and I know that we talked about this before we hit record but did not not just like wipe all of that (laughs) We were talking about the word business and how it feels and the money side of it and all the things, but why are we not just creating a business for us to be in the lifestyle and space that we want to be in? Oh, I could cry right now. <laughs> I give myself goosebumps because that's what it is. It's, I mean, <laughs> I'm with you. I, I'm laughing because I'm like so uncomfortably like goosebumped out and like mind blow myself right now. <laughs> so I've been having doubts little fears come up about my mastermind I'm gonna lodge soon thinking you know and it's all spirit I mean for seven months because you can't do a three-month spirit I mean where do you draw the line everything is spirit so everything needs to be in this course and so I've been having some doubts about do people even care like I'm so all about anything that we connect to the divine. I just want it and I want to research it. And so what you just said really hit me differently because I'm creating a course that I wish was out there. Like, where is this course where I can learn about Akashic records and the native American tribes and this and that and auras and energy work and yoga, where is this? And I'm, so I'm creating it, but there's the, I'm almost hitting that new teacher feeling right now. Like but it's medicine for me because I want to be in this course. I don't, I'm going to teach some things in it, but I actually want to just be in it. (laughs) Yeah. So I really just, I needed to hear that Janet because the last couple of days for me have been like, man, should I just go teach at a preschool? Like, I'm really like, maybe I'll just do podcasting and I'll go get a normal job and just study spirit period. And just, just keep it for me. So thank you for that. I, yeah. I think that we all need to hear that because I've also been in that space. Like, okay, well, I could go work at Sprouts. It's still <laughs> health food. So it's kind of in alignment with, you know, like, is there like a yoga thing hiring somewhere? Like, you know, I don't know my students anymore. So I don't know how to teach them and cue them. They're all so different here. Like, do I even start this all? Like, I feel like I'm starting from scratch all over again. And like, people even want to hear what I have to say because they're so ingrained in like the Western culture. Like, do they even care that, you know, that I know more than the more about the yoga than, than the average bear, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I need that too. Like what's that thing? Um, Maybe this sits well too is what do they say when the student is ready, the teacher appears Maybe it's just not quite there. I think there's another piece to that. When the teacher is ready, the student appears too, right? Like, or did I just make that up? Because it sounds good and I need to hear that. Yeah. 
No, I think that's that. I think I've heard that before. And I've also heard when the student is really ready, the teacher disappears. Yeah. Something there's like a thing with that, but that resonates because I keep leaving my teachers and I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) it took long to find you and now you're gone again. So, yeah. So bringing that whole topic back to business, teaching yoga, recording podcasts, making live content on social media, posting, even a picture, what is medicine for you? Start there. And even just to see how it's worked out with the yoga classes when I started teaching about chakras and now I have a full class. Like I had 29 people come to my class, two had to leave. So it was really 27 because they were like, no, too crowded for me. But when I started teaching, sometimes I would be sent home because nobody would show up. Mm -hmm. And now people have to leave because it's full. And I just have to bring myself back. This has been so healing for me, Janet. So thank you. This has been huge medicine because I've been so in my feels about this new course, but just to see how yoga's turned out for me. Isn't yoga amazing? It's a really teacher on every level. (laughs) So good. It's so, I was, somebody left class today and he was, he was a new student, really strong, really everything. Um, but he was really out of balance. Like he, his tree pose, his dancer, everything was a little off. And afterwards he's like, you know, I'm not good at balancing today. He's like, literally and figuratively, he's like, I'm a little bit out of balance in life right now too. And I was like, I mean, I don't want to say I could tell by your tree pose, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how yoga use the word observation, not judgment. <laughs> right. I observed actually. Can you comment on that? How yoga, um, uh, is a metaphor for life or infiltrates our life and its magical little ways. Yeah. I mean that in itself, like I could make a million comments, right? Like, <laughs> you go all the way back to the Hindu religion and every like deity is a piece of what we go through in our day, right? Like the courage, mm-hmm. the strength, the letting go, the, all of it. But I mean, it definitely what shows up on your map. Um, and, and on a body of mind thing specifically, our bodies hold the energies that we perceive, you know what I mean? So if your life on the outside is very hectic and intense, there's a good chance that your life on the inside is also very tense and very hectic and a lot going on. And, you know, kind of like scrunch your shoulders together and protect your heart and like protect your throat. Everything gets very tight, right? Excuse me. And so as we work through on our mat, our body starts to loosen. And when our inside is a reflection of our outside world, there's a famous quote there too, but I, I'm not really good at remembering who says quotes. I just remember the quote. That's okay. You get that short term memory thing. Like (laughs) I listened and I forgot the rest. Um, But as our, as our outer world is a reflection of our inner world on the mat, we start to create space inside of our body, you know, we have with our breath or stretching, or even just that getting out of our day-to-day world, we're starting to create space with that pause button. And yeah, balance for sure, man, I've been all over my, I can't balance for crap lately. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it's coming. It will come. It's a phase. It's a flow, you know? Uh, but yeah, there's, so a little bit off the side of this, I've always wanted to, I don't know how to do it. Maybe someone out there listening can help me, but like, there's, there's this theory that I've had that I always want to study people and improve this theory. And yoga kind of like opened my eye to it as far as like how we hold our energies in our body. 
um, you know, being very grounded and like strong legs, or um, like maybe we're kind of the person who pushes people away from us and like chest and triceps, that push muscle is more dominant in our body, or maybe we're people who cling to things. And so like the pull, our back and biceps are more dominant. Anyways, this is kind of like dive deep into this theory that I would love to study, but yoga really brings that up too, because as you're getting through your practice, the feelings that you have come up are being released from those pieces of your body. And not only like physical, you know, hamstrings, calves, quadriceps, like muscles, but also our internal organs. And we're talking about, you know, the liver and the kidneys and all of these sort of pieces too, and, and the energies that move through. But here you are in your mat in a classroom full of 20 some people, as you say, kind of doing the thing. And you just kind of have to sit with it because what are you going to do? Call your boss and quit your job or like run off and pay that bill you forgot. You know what I mean? Like you are almost trapped in this space of deal with your own shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, there it is. But often I think that what gets missed if we're not really like paying attention to the yoga piece and we're more in the workout piece is we see it. And then we start to create a story around it. And we're no longer in our bodies moving energy. And we're thinking about, don't forget to pay that bill later as our arms are moving this way and we're, our, our heads are out of our bodies at that point. And so that's the part that I think bring that yoga piece back in. Like, where are you in your body? Where are you in your breath? Where's the tension? And can we let that just roll through? Mm. Did I just go way off the side? <laughs> no, now I'm just... I'm in the rabbit hole with you, my friend, because <laughs> now I'm going to be, you know, in class going like, Ooh, she, you know, the, she needs a little more twist. I wonder what that means. Like, so I'm thinking of like yeah. where if you're tight in your hamstring and I know that there's a book or something that will say mm -hmm. hamstrings mean support. So if you're tight or you pull the hamstring, then there's something energetically also going on there or yeah. even hips, you know, is a big one. Or like you said, the collapsing of the, the shoulders and hiding the heart. I think that's beautiful. Um, yeah. well, not beautiful, but the, the idea of opening that up, <laughs> and opening up the heart. And so I, you know, when, when we think about, I guess, twisting in yoga, we're like wringing out our organs and we're kind of constricting and contracting these things, but energetically or emotionally what's mm -hmm. happening. There's something else there too. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're kind of going through it and, you know, our bodies hold trauma, um, it, to even perceived trauma, right? It doesn't even have to be real trauma. Like if you haven't had trauma in your life, it does not mean your body is not in a traumatic state because we're just inundated all day long with social media and, you know, just, we're just, man, it's crappy out there. <laughs> like we just can't catch a break. You know what I mean? Like, and so our bodies are protecting themselves and, and that's the tension that we often feel. And as you get into a yoga class, you stop protecting yourself. And then the emotion of that energy comes up, whether it's, you know, overwhelm or sadness or grief or excitement, right? And we're kind of like, woohoo, look what I just did this handstand or whatever it might be. That's the energy that moves our practice. And that's, you know, that's the yoga is being able to step out of the story of what's being released and just observe it. Be like, hey, that's weird. I'm sitting in a chair pose in this beautiful yoga gloss and I'm pissed off. That's weird. <laughs> Notice it. You know what I mean? Not be like, man, doesn't she know I did? This was me. And like when I was competing and doing yoga, I was like, I've already done my workouts today. I was getting angry, you know, <laughs> like 
I didn't come here to work out my legs. I came here like I would just story after story after story. But until you have that moment, like the yoga is when you go, oh, wow. Well, that's kind of funny. <laughs> like I'm mad in the chair pose in this awesome yoga class amongst my friends and my peers. And I'm sitting over here having a temper tantrum because <laughs> my legs are sore. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I have a hard time believing it's just me. I think we all kind of go through those different things of like, why are we doing this pose again? If you're one who doesn't like chaturangas, it's <laughs> a lot of push muscle to just kind of hang out there. You know what I mean? And that might make you mad, like another vinyasa. Damn it. <laughs> Whatever, you know? So like, there's a lot, there's a lot energetically that goes into a yoga class that I think that, you know, we miss because we do want it to be fun and we want people to enjoy it and be playful and it should be. But the reality of is we're going through shit <laughs> and our bodies is releasing this and what can we observe and notice and, and just let it go so that we can have that space. I feel like I'm a little bit talking in circles. So are we doing it? <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. It's perfect. It's, and I'm thinking about the way that I show up and teach yoga too. And usually I bring people, especially because I've had some night classes lately. So I light the little candles and I, it's a whole ass ceremony. I mean, I bring the Palo Santo. I bring my feather. I need to I come to a class. Oh my God. I would love for you to come to my class and audit me actually too. I would love for your feedback on like, Hey, that's actually lizard lunge. Like I know you keep calling it this, but it's not, um, <laughs> I got, that was a comment I got today. Um, so to this week, my friend sent me a Pink Floyd song and I was like, oh, it's been a little bit since I did a rock and flow yoga class. And the crowd up here loves it because everybody's, I would say that it's like a little bit older generation. So like, um, like Pink Floyd, Metallica, like that was them growing up. So this week I brought in the rock and flow and it was actually nice and, and really encouraged me to be brave and courageous because I'm so used to the chanting and the jungle beats and the ceremony space and really bringing people deep. And this week it felt like we're here to play a little bit and come up mm -hmm. for air. Like, Hey, let's play. Like we're just doing yoga. Like, yes, it's very serial. And I'm going to come back to the chanting very soon, but this is also a place where we can play and, you know, explore another side of ourselves. And everybody's been loving the music this week. So that just kind of reminded me of a couple different things. Um, and being courageous too, like that word has been huge for me lately. And like, I, it's making me nervous because I think I'm a pretty courageous person. And so <laughs> why is courage coming up? Like, you know, maybe the course and whatever. Um, but it was even courageous for me to play, mm. to think about play needing bravery. And I know that you're yeah. big on play. That's like something that yeah. you're, you're so, so I guess, you know, I don't know how much longer we have, but we can keep, I, I just, I love being in this yoga space with you. So talk to me about play in classes and, and like, yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's just it, right. As we get these, um, you know, like I said, a very tight lineage to very traditional yoga and very traditional yoga can become pretty serious. Um, you know, because it is, it's really never about the pose. And that was a big lesson I learned, um, a year and a half ago when I, went into like the tie, like my teacher just got back from India. And so like, I was one step away from, you know, Swami, like from the guy in Mysore. And I went in thinking I was, you know, pretty good at my practice. And I started doing my Ashtanga practice and I didn't get past Sunday. And she's like, why, what's the extra breath? She's like, don't do that. Just hands up, hands down. Like stop with the extra movement. It's all about the breath. 
the breath, the breath, the breath. It has nothing to do with pose and everything to do with the breath. So, and it was very eye-opening. I did it for a little while and then I became a little too grounded and kind of went off the other direction. <laughs> but the experience of it um, was something I'll never forget in that like we kind of add on these little like extra flowy things. It's always about the breath. Um, hold on, I totally forgot the question. I went one way, kind of felt hoping to circle back. Oh, play. So it gets very serious. <laughs> it gets very serious very quickly. And I totally understand that. And so for me to make it more modern and to make it more accessible is keeping the lightness. Um, in fact, I actually got a C minus when I graduated my first 200 hour teacher training because I joked too much. I had too much fun with my teaching which is super ironic because those are all the feedback that I get is that people are like, you keep it very fun and light and I love your humor in it. So I'm like, okay, I guess I did something right. Um, but it does, it does get serious. And it is just yoga in the fact that we are just moving our body to get into our body. And the stuff that comes up that's very dark is just that. It's just moving through. In fact, we are the lightness. We're just below the darkness. You know what I mean? And we have to sit with the darkness in order to get to the light. Hello, Seattle. <laughs> I just gave myself a little lesson. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll say it again. But I think that's what we forget is we get lost in the darkness. And we tend to think that, you know, we have to do these really hard, heavy things to grow and to become more, you know, this or more that or better yogi or more spiritual, whatever the case might be. But Buddha laughed, right? Like, mm -hmm. apparently, like, Jesus was a great joke teller. I don't know. I never met the guy, but it's life is supposed to be light. And I think that's, I've heard this over and over. Like that's the greatest joke. Like that's the greatest like thing that we miss is we spend so much time in our darkness, but rather allowing it to just move through, right? Like notice it, observe it, say, well, this is weird. This is funny. But remember that we truly are the light. And, and if we're not enjoying what we're doing, we've probably done something wrong. Like we kind of need to figure that out. So play is, is absolutely important in my classes and teaching people to get into a pose that maybe they wouldn't have before in a new way that allows them to play with it rather than like have an expectation of, I can't do that, or I used to be able to do that and I can't do it. Well, let's play with this way of doing it or let's play with, you know, this pose that's similar, but different. So, mm. I think play is like the end all be all. If if I had to be honest, like maybe that's from a name my new business as I shift out of having a health and into like play LLC. I don't know. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> carefully though, I very carefully. Maybe not. That's maybe that's too big. <laughs> I can go too many directions. I just thought of play.com and I'm like, no, let's not do that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I thought play with me and I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> play play with Jan and LLC okay what are we selling <laughs> whatever let's just play <laughs> yeah oh I love it um, yeah I don't can you hear my dog barking no no okay that's amazing they're going at it um yeah so I cannot I guess I want to end it maybe with like the business like playing in our business and I think that mm. there's something 
maybe that I need to hear or talk through here. Cause now that I've opened up the floodgates, you know, to, I took a couple months off, I was traveling, doing all these different things. And now I'm like, Oh, I want to launch a course and start my podcast back up and do all the things that I do. And I'm like, Holy shit. I do a lot of stuff, <laughs> um, but I love it also. It's really hard for me to stop. And then I still clean. I'm still teaching yoga. Like there's so many different, there's eight limbs of me right now <laughs> happening. actually. <laughs> But it's so you've it got a little shiva dance going on right now. Oh my god, I sure would be a fun picture. I should cancel destruction. Yeah. Um, so like how to play it, you know, I'm dancing between overwhelm and being excited for getting back into everything. So it's like the breathing and playing, I think, needs to be elevated because I love everything I do. I don't mm-hmm. want to stop anything I do, but it's right on that border of holy shit (laughs) yeah but i remember that's the darkness that's the doing right and and danny isn't a doing you're a human being and so the play comes in from like what is your message and what you know like kind of go under that doing that overwhelm the, the thought you have about any of it, whether you love it or you hate it, it's still a thought. It's still the darkness. We still haven't dropped below the thought. You haven't observed the thought and been like, oh, that's interesting. And then keep going. Mm. And I think that's the part of like letting go that we kind of haven't figured out. So you don't have to let go of what you do. Mm. You have to let go of the feeling about what you do. Love it or hate it doesn't really matter again I'm still talking to myself in this mud that just popped up for me right now because god I hate the mud (laughs) (laughs) the darkness like I don't even like lotus flowers because they come from mud so like let's just throw that out there okay but you know it's it's the it's the thought we have about the thing so in your business or in this you know creation of you that is ultimately what you're doing you know can we detach from the love and the hate of the thing and either just do it or don't do it but not have the feeling about it or observe the feeling, notice the feeling and then choose to do it or not do it, right? Like not let that feeling drive the action, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Then we can kind of go below that darkness and back into the play because there's not less feeling about it. The expectation of something kills play. Oh, that's it. Think of a child who's learning to walk. If they're expecting to walk tomorrow, They're not going to laugh when they fall down and giggle like that super cute baby laugh. They're just going to like grunt and do it again. You know what I mean? But expectation kills play. Mm. And if your expectation of having your business, and again, I'm talking to myself, but the expectation of the business is all of these aspects of it. And these aspects drive this aspect. And we're making this much money and XYZ LMNOP, like the expectation of our business. How are you going to play in your business? if we now have an expectation of what that's going to create. Now, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of heat from people who run very successful businesses who say you have to do the thing, like it or not. And maybe they're right because I don't make a million dollars a year. (laughs) (laughs) But the way that I want to live my life is not necessarily the business that I'm building. And I still like that separation of me versus what I'm building. And that's where it gets a bit tricky, right? Because the build is the expectation, but the play, that's me. So Mm -hmm. how do you? Yeah, how do you balance it? 
and it feels a little masculine feminine energy to me. It's yeah. like setting the intention and the expectation or the desire, picking the date and then yeah. playing as it comes or flowing with it once you're in it. So maybe there's, maybe it's both. And maybe with anything we do, is there a well, yoga? I think maybe it becomes too? a natural, it becomes a natural like end thing, right? If we know that we are going to live our best life and these are the things we're interested in, we're going to dive deep into it. And of that outcome, we're going to share that with people. So, you know, that you're a baby and eventually you're going to walk like that's the outcome, right? But we're not focusing on the walk. We're focusing on crawling and we're focusing on rolling over. We're focusing, you know, I'm just using a baby because we can all relate to that space, but and, and maybe that's it, is that maybe we start going, well, when are they going to walk? Or when am I going to get this going? But every time we have that thought, it's now an expectation of the thing. We know we're going to have a successful X, Y, Z business. I really want a new word. <laughs> <laughs> business, a successful course, a successful podcast. It doesn't really matter because we're here doing the thing. That's the present moment. That's the yoga lesson is be in the present moment. Does this moment serve you? Yes or no. You know what I mean? And if it doesn't serve you, then do something else in the moment, but don't worry about where it's going. Cause you know, if you go to the gym every single day and you do your meals and you do the thing, the end result is going to be the end result. You're not going to gym every day thinking about what you're going to look like on stage. And some people do that, but they don't do as well because they have an expectation and now it's punishment being at the gym. And so being in the moment, each breath, each podcast, each, every time you walk and sit in this computer, you know, every time you choose to go to the gym or take the dogs to the park or like whatever the piece is, it doesn't actually matter because the destination is going to be the destination. You have the opportunity to set your sights, but be where you are right now, not where you're going to be. Set it up, do the vision board. Don't get me wrong. It's important but then let it go, detach from it mm. and know that where you're going is where you're supposed to, or where you are is where you're supposed to be. I might've, yeah. <laughs> Just, I, know, know. You I was talking be. to myself, like, don't worry. I'm over here cheering myself on. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> Everything like, oh yeah, do that too. Oh yeah. This is why I coach this is why I think most coaches coach too. Because we kind of get to talk to ourselves and be like, oh, I should probably drink more water too. <laughs> and everyone's a reflection of us anyway. So we're really just coaching ourselves. That's exactly right. You know, mic drop. <laughs> yeah, literally. Girl, that was so helpful because, you know, it reminded me of my favorite lesson from the Gita so far. And I'm still, I'm only on chapter seven. We're working our way through real slow, but I, I, I hope it lasts forever. Um, but the whole thing is like, act without worrying about the outcome. Don't worry about the fruits of your labor. If you're present and you're doing everything with your full attentive, your full focus, then this will come out. Your The, the end result will come out in the most divine way because you're focused on the divine now. So yeah, that was a bodybuilding lesson for me. If I'm being honest, like what if I don't look this good on stage? Well, you're not gonna, if you're thinking about it, be here now, this plus this will equal that end of discussion. Now be here. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's huge. Yeah. That's, that's a huge bodybuilding lesson. And, yeah. and like, 
I was even talking to one of my teachers, um, Hamid, I'm going to mention him again. I mentioned him in another one, but he's teaching me about sound right now. And he, he was saying that the juice of everything is the journey, is the yearning, is the desire. And that hit me so hard because a lot of people mm. on a spiritual journey, bodybuilding journey, journey, yoga journey, we're trying to get to that destination and we're missing mm-hmm. the whole sweet, the whole juiciness that is the, the whole journey of it. So <clears throat> there really is yeah. something to be said about that. Um, yeah. Enjoying the journey. Totally. On so many levels. Even if the journey is not super enjoyable, that's okay. Cause now you have an attachment to the feeling of the journey. Just be on it. Yeah. <laughs> Cause sometimes there's that too. We're like, but it's not enjoyable. Like I'm not having fun right now. So what? Who cares? <laughs> Don't get stuck in your story. I had that reminder yesterday. Why do you keep saying that? You keep saying you hate the mud. It's not making it any better. I'm like, Oh yeah, I should probably stop saying how much I hate mud. <laughs> I think I need a mud bath just to like get over it all. <laughs> yep, just get in the mud. Just be the lotus. <laughs> Can I just be the flower? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just the petals. I like tulips. Those are pretty. <laughs> yeah. Oh my uh, god, I get so much energy talking to you. I really love our conversations. Like you're just like this beautiful light that just. I don't know. Like it's been a while since we've seen each other. Yeah. And um, I mean, in person only once ever, which is so mind blowing because we've known each other for like since 2015 or 16, something like that. Years. Yeah. But um, you're just this beautiful energy and, and it can just feed off of you. I hope that doesn't sound too weird, but like it just light me up and I am so grateful for you. So mm-hmm. thank you for being in my life and thank you for being you and everything that you go through is so real and it's relatable and we're all in it together. You know what I mean? Like we really are. Um, I don't know where that came from. I just love you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Don't cut that out. (laughs) No way. I no. I, that was so, I feel the same. I totally feel the same. I love talking with you. And your laugh, I love so much because it makes me giggle too. So, <laughs> and it's so weird that we've only met once in person. Like, thank God for social media. And I, you know, I used I know. to like really like talk shit about it, but I, it's given me some of the most beautiful connections like yourself that I have in my life. And I think it's like our ego kind of, it's like learning how to use it for our purpose instead of yeah. letting it consume us. Yeah. Um, but I love our conversations and, you know, let's do this again. I think. We talked about some really good stuff today. It was medicine for me in so many ways. Um, like like a lot of ways, actually. I'm probably gonna have to go back and watch this and be like, oh yeah, you needed that and that and that. And now I feel good about my course and everything. So I really, Janet, thank good. you for your for your wisdom and everything that you give to the yoga community and everything that you've taught me, you know, as this teacher who's been teaching for like what, eight years now, nine years, something. I don't know. Me or you? You have you been teaching? Oh, I was like, it's been that long, Danny. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah, 2014, um, 15. I don't know, eight years, something. Wow, that's amazing. It's been, it's been awesome. So thank you for keeping it real too, for yeah. the newer teachers like myself who are out here who love the tradition and who don't really want that to to go anywhere. You 
you make me, you remind me that, oh yeah, that's no, you're right. Like that's good. The tradition is good. And so is the play. So thank you for that. And anybody out there listening, um, you know, and I'm going to kind of shamelessly plug you a little bit for your yoga membership (laughs) and like, you know, even auditing, I would, I wish that you could come to my classes and audit me. And maybe there's a way that I teach online and you can be in the class and audit my cues and audit the whatever, because yeah. I think it's so helpful to have somebody to correct you in a loving way, especially if mm. you're in class and you're showing up as the teacher in the yoga space. I think it's helpful to keep learning and growing. Yeah. Um, and you know, your yoga challenge, your coaching is amazing. We even got a little taste of it here today. <laughs> so thank you for all of you. Uh, it's my pleasure. It's so much fun to like, just, mm. Yeah, just be here and talk and share. And I don't know, just, but <laughs> I feel like I know, I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. And then we'll all the pieces. But I think keeping me on point is a little bit hard <laughs> in my own head. So, well, it's perfect. It's good stuff. Today was awesome. Um, and I guess we'll just, we'll cut it there and we'll come back soon and talk about yeah. something else. Um, so Jana, thank you for your time and for your energy and everybody Absolutely. out there uh, listening and watching. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Peace. Peace. Namaste.